Um, I remember when I told you the last study I did, it's Lord to teach us to pray when we're afraid. And, you know, I kind of shared that. I was not really a huge fraidy cat, you know, to a big degree. But um, when I got this study, I'm like, okay, Lord, so now I get it. You teach us to pray when we have sinned, and that I am very good at. So, you know, I had a lot of lessons to learn, a lot of lessons to learn, but, you know, the Lord's good. Um, And I'm certain, just like me, when you all opened up your study book, everybody could relate, right? Right? Who here has sinned? Who here has sinned? Awesome. Welcome the, welcome into the boat, ladies. Love it. Love, love it. You know what? How many, how many have lied? How many of you have ever lied? Ah, all still in the boat. That's cool. We don't need to toss anybody out yet. How many of you maybe have told, you know, half-truths? Half-truths. That's right. All still in the boat. Still in the boat. How many, I won't go too far out because I'm going to have to start tossing you out and we don't want to do that. So, but uh, let's pray and uh, let's see what the Lord has for us tonight. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your love. Father, we come to you tonight, Father, and just asking for that mercy, Lord. Oh, Father, that your mercy would be upon us, Lord. Father, continue to teach us through your word. Just through this psalm, Lord, um, I just pray you would just guide us and direct us. Give us wisdom, Lord, as we come to you and as we lay our sins down at your feet, Lord. We pray that you would just continue to um, grow us, mold us, shape us into those godly women that you desire us to be, Father. And as we sin, Lord, and as we miss that mark, we pray that you would just continue to bring it to our mind, that we would confess it before you, and that we would be able to be renewed and restored so that we can just lift our heads up and move forward. So we ask you to come tonight, come tonight, teach us, and be with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, ladies, like I said, sin, you know what, no matter what, no matter what sin we've committed, we've all committed sin, we've all missed the mark. And that truly is what sin is, missing that mark. That, what mark? That mark of perfection. And the, who's the measurement of our perfection? Jesus. So we're, we all can sit here. We can all be in the study. Not one is excused. Not one here can say, oh, gosh, you know, I haven't done that. And one of my favorite things is with the kids. I, I help on Thursdays, a um, couple Thursdays. And I love when we get into a um, study where there's sin or lying. And then, and then, you know, we'll say, well, have you ever lied? And, you know, they all raise their hand. Well, you know, then you've sinned, you know, because sometimes they think sins are these great big things that you, you all must do because they see it, you know. But um, anyway, so, you know, and I love it. One, one little girl, just she, she was adamant she had not sinned. And then some, one of the other girl, little girls said, Did, have you lied? And she said, no. And she said, well, you just did. So you're a sinner. So that's God's goodness. See, God just uses, he knows, and our kids know. They know what it is from a very young age. Um, the good news is, though, Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So tonight, no one here is better than anyone. A sin is a sin, um, is a sin is a sin, you know, and um, we know where we're at. We know what we've done. So we're going to start off tonight um, just remembering why the psalm was written. So Psalm 51 was written um, because David was confronted by Nathan. Um, we, if we remember during his lifetime, David did what had pleased the Lord. And, you know, he always, he was, he was the apple of God's eye. He was, he was the heart of God. And yet it says in, uh, first Kings 15, five, 
that David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he had commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. And as you did the study, you knew that um, the whole psalm is about his sin with Bathsheba. And um, what happens? David's supposed to be out with his army, supposed to be at battle. And what does he do? He's at home at the palace. He's enjoying all of the, the great things of life. And he's in bed. He's restless. He gets up. He goes to the wall. He looks over. He sees. And then what happens? Then he doesn't, he doesn't go back. He doesn't say, nope, he, he just lingers. And then what happens? He sees Bathsheba, doesn't stop. Then he asks about her. Then he sends for her. And then he commits adultery, and then he tries to cover up that sin. Rather than right away, okay, my goodness, what did I just do? He tries to cover up his sin. And that's because what happens? A couple weeks go by, and Bathsheba comes to him and says, hey, you know, I'm with child, I'm going to have a baby. Well, now, what's he going to do? Uh, he's got to figure out a plan. So right, right away, instead of first thing, going to the Lord and asking, what do I do? What, what is, what, look, look at the mess I've made. Now he's got a plan. He's starting to scheme a plan. And then what does he do? Calls, you know, finds out who, you know, who, who's, who's Bathsheba's husband. He, then he knows it's Uriah and just what a faithful servant he is. Calls him in. Um, you know, kind of the plan, hey, go home, he could be with her wife, you know, but the timing would be right, nobody would know, a few days off here or there, a few weeks off, she delivered early, hey, sounds like a great plan, until Uriah wouldn't go home. Not a good plan. So then all of a sudden, uh, what happens is, you know, tries to, next night, tries to get him drunk, all right, for sure, now he'll go home, he's got a little wine, he's feeling really good, he'll want to go home. He stays in the court, and he doesn't go home. So then what has to happen is this plan just keeps getting, you know, one sin after another, after another. And then now here he is. He sends a note with Uriah back to Joab to put him in the front lines. And then as the story goes, and as you read, um, he's killed in battle along with others. Um, But that's where we're at. And so... For a year, though, David had not confessed this sin, kind of just going through his life. And Psalm 32, if you get a chance to read it, kind of talks about that time when, you know, how what it did to him during that time. But he never really confessed it. He just kind of, you know, was able to get away with it. So he thought um, and kind of moved forward. So here we are. Um, Nathan comes to him. He gives him the parable about the, the rich man and the poor man, and the rich man takes the poor man's you, and, and you know what, even though he's got plenty for himself and, you know, um, takes it from him as an as a offering or as a, uh, uh, a, a traveler was in town, and, and so he takes it and, and he uses it. But rather than using one of his own, from the plenty that he had, he takes the skies. And so... David's outraged. Oh, my God, how could this happen? And, and all, of us, all of this happens, and he says, you know, this man shall surely die, and this man shall repay. And then Nathan, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for me. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, am I really supposed to tell him? Am I really supposed to tell him? But he says, it's you. That's you. And so what does he do right away? Right away, David, in verses Psalm 51 
verses 1 and 2, he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitudes of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He doesn't say, point a finger. He doesn't, you know, try to excuse his sin. He's not trying to cover up his sin anymore. It is in front of him, and the first thing he does is he takes it to the Lord. David's plea first was for mercy, knowing how much God loved him, how much God loves us. And because of his kindness towards us, we too can go to the Lord in the same way. He's merciful when we have missed the mark. We can go to him and take to him anything. Self-indulgence, staying at home, not going out to that army is what first started. Going out with his army was what first started. Now here we are, the same thing. What about us, ladies? Where are we? What is it that, that, we, that we're lingering at? Where is it that we shouldn't be? What is it that we kind of think like, um, gosh, it's okay. It won't, it'll be all right. But you know what? The Lord will have mercy on us. He's merciful. He's a merciful God. When we come, to, when we come before the Lord and we're deeply sorry for what we've done, he will forgive us. But, of course, we need to be repentant. He'll heal us, he'll restore us, he'll make us to walk again, and we can come to him. And so I just thought uh, for a moment, you know, um, he, you know he, he knew right away how loving God was, how kind he was. David had walked with him. David had done right in the sight of the Lord. He knew about those tender mercies that he had. And then what he does is he asks him to blot out those transgressions. And so I just started to think, you know, Blot them out. Get rid of them. And so I started, so I wrote a few of them down. Here's just a few very, very scratch of the surface sins maybe that some of us might have done, might do, might be, might be in. Lying, anger, jealousy, gluttony, gossip, adultery, stubbornness, drunkenness, bitterness, pride, covetousness, envy, rebellion, strife. You can, the list can go on and on. We could probably do 45 minutes of sins something that would touch everybody. And what did David ask? David asked that he blot them out. You know what he said? Lord, cover them up so you don't remember them. Cover them up. But for us, how many of us have these sins? And instead of laying them at the Lord's feet, casting them to him, giving them to him, asking them to blot them out, and for us to try to to get as far away from them, do we remember them? Do you guys play that sin over and over and over? Oh, my gosh, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why, why, why? Why did I do this? You know, we need to, if we're going to be taught the way that, that the Lord was showing David, you know, this prayer is because of where he was. This prayer is because of being, when he was called and, before, and the finger was pointed in him, this is where he went. He says, blot him out, Lord, take him away. And that's what he's saying to us. I want to blot them out. I want to take them out. I don't want to remember them. Look at it. I don't want to. What? What's in? What's in? But when you go back and you take it and you go back or you're repeating the same sin and you're repeating the same sin, it's kind of hard to blot it out. That paper kind of gets lighter and lighter and lighter. And so that, that to me was, was like such a, a picture like, okay, let's get rid of it. Let, let's do it. Let's stop. 
And, you know, we have, all, we have those things that just kind of keep us and hold us, and we need to let them go. We need to give them to the Lord. He says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And so um, the, the other thing that um, came to me, you know, just almost immediately is um, just so much how God wants us to call to him. Because of his mercy, because of his kindness, because he loves us. That's what he wants. Call out to me. Call out to me. Oftentimes we don't. You know, I mean, I know, I, I know I, it was such a great thing for me because oftentimes, you know, you kind of go through, you know, you know, we confess our sin and, oh, Lord, cleanse me from my heart and all of these things. But even as I was going through this study, I'm like, you know, Lord, you're so merciful. You are merciful. You do want to forgive us. I hold on to it. I keep it. I go back and I grab it after I give it to you. Oh, my goodness. What's the matter with Lorraine? Psalm 116.5 says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. Jeremiah 3.12 says, Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return, backsliding Israel, and say to the Lord, I will not cause my anger to fall on you. I am merciful, as says the Lord, and I will not remain angry forever. Yeah, we disappoint the Lord. Yeah, we disappoint others. But you know what? He is merciful, and he will forgive us. But we have to remember also in our, not to get hard-hearted. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, when, when um, it was so funny, uh, we kind of do a little budget thing. And so during the month of, of January, and confess my sin right now. So during the month of January, John just kind of kept hounding me. And the way he said it just really annoyed me. And I was like, you know, I was just, the more, the more he would say something, the more annoyed I got. So then one day he, so one night he's like, so when are we going to have the meeting? And I said, January 31st. And he said, well, that's the end of the month. I said, well, you didn't say you needed it before. You just said, when are we going to do it? So that's when we're going to do it. You know, and so and I could feel myself getting testy. And then and he could do, you know, he could, I could just feel that. And the Lord's like, no, no, Lorraine. <laughs> no, no, no. And it was so funny because then the other day he was just, he said something. We were talking. And then we kind of got it, got out and kind of went through the budget and everything. And it was like, okay. He was so excited. And had I just, you know, kind of let it go <laughs> and just done what the Lord, what I should have done. And that's just say, hey, well, when do you want to do it? Why don't you set the date or, you know, whatever time and we can go through it. But like I tell you, initially I was just like, I was like, oh, 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 he's excited. He's glad life is good. And on we move. And, you know, the Lord's just showing me, you know, Lorraine, don't get hard hearted. You know what? You sin when you first had your attitude. Because that's really what it is. You know, it's that attitude. It's that bad attitude. It's doing what I want, when I want, the way I want. Instead of, Lord, what do we need to do? Lord, how do I need to do it? Um, the, Psalm, the Psalms many times refer to God's loving kindness here too. I mean, and, and there's just so many different scriptures. Isaiah 63, 7, Jeremiah 9, 24, Jeremiah 16, 5, um, Hosea 2, 19, and even Jonah. I mean, next just did our study. Even Jonah knew the loving kindness of the Lord. He knew the, that, you know, if he went and preached that the Lord could change their hearts and the people in Nineveh would, would repent. Even Jonah knew that. We should know it. We should know who our God is. Um, when we've sinned, we need to plead with him. We need to 
go with that plea of mercy. We need to ask him to blot out those sins. First John uh, 9, 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. That's what the Lord does. He takes our sin. He buries it in the deepest oceans. He gets it as far away from us as as we will let him take it. But oftentimes, like I said, there we are going back. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And, you know, we're just scratching the surface. Time doesn't allow us really to kind of to give all the scriptures of just how great and how good our God is. But I'll tell you what. If you turned off the TV or maybe the radio or stopped doing some of those things that kind of distract us and spent time, we would know who our God is, why, when we could call upon him, where we can call upon him, and that is always and everywhere and any time. But we need to be in the word. We need to know that. We have to be able to have his word to share. I was just uh, at lunch a couple of weeks ago with a friend. And uh, one of our two, these two gals, and one of them, her family's just had a lot of tragedy. And the other, but the other friend of mine, she has gone to church, and she's like, she's like, oh, good's going to come out of that. Good's going to come out of that. Um, Lorraine, doesn't the Bible say that, you know, uh, that good comes out of bad? What? <laughs> I said, well, no, it doesn't, you know, and you want to be gracious because, you know, you don't want to tell something like, you know, you're twisting the scripture. I said, no, 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 it says all things work together for good, you know, and, and shared with them. But no, good doesn't come out of bad. So, you know, got to be careful. But had she known, had she really been studied, had she just kind of read it in its whole context, she alone would have known. But, you know, the Lord's good and he'll use us where, where, we, where he can. In verses 3 and 4, it says, For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is always before me. Against you and you have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Then you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. So now David, here he comes, he acknowledges it. He owns it. The first object lesson here is to accept it, to own it, to be responsible for it. You know what? He's not attempting to to hide it, conceal it, cover it up. You know what? He says, you know, it's constantly before me. I'm, you know, now here it is. It's right in front of my face, and now I can't seem to do anything else but play it over and over. His sin was ever before him. That sin which... He said, you know, before, prior to that, you know, it's kind of behind him. He's just kind of going through his day. Now here it is, right there in front of him. Um, it, it was humbling to him, and I'm certain he was mortified. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, somebody coming to you and, and kind of, you know, pointing it out to you when you know it's you, and but now they know it's you too. So, you know, he must have been mortified. And he's, you know... Uh, and there's nothing less, there's also, you know, that, that thing when somebody kind of says something to you and then you blush, like, oh my gosh, you know, like, do they know? Did they see me? You know, and, and it's really, that's exactly where, you know, where we should be. That's what sin should do to us. It should make us and blush. It should make us be mortified so that we don't want to do it. So here we are. David's very, very sorry for his sin. Um, and, you know, and I started to think about that. You know, if I lie, then the consequence of that is that people aren't going to trust me. If, you know, I start to gossip, 
chances are people aren't going to want to tell me things in confidence. And, you know, the only time that, that you know, they would want to tell me something is when they wanted, you know, the news to spread. And that wouldn't be good. That's not, that's not a good place to be, you know. And so, you know, th- there's a consequences for everything. So, you know, if you want to, you know, be somebody that somebody's going to confide in, you have to keep the confidence. And I was just talking to Donna earlier. We were talking a little bit about, you know, that's a good thing about getting old. You know what? You could tell me things, people. I am not kidding. And a week later, I won't even remember, really. You know, so it's like, oh. And I have a friend who's like, Lorraine, remember when I told you that? And I'm like, oh, nope, I don't. <laughs> Remind me, refresh me, because I don't remember. That's the only thing good about uh, <laughs> about older age, you know. You just don't remember those things. But um, but we need to be careful. We need to be careful what we do. You know, uh, being late to work, stealing a few of those minutes, um, doing things that we shouldn't, you know. What are we doing? Whatever it is, you have to understand that if you're doing things, and people may not think you're worthy. So all of these things, we can't conceal them. We can't hide them. We need to bring them out. We get the picture. We know what we need to do. We're a witness, ladies, to others, the way that we act, the things that we do when they come to us. Um, I just had uh, went to go see my niece a little, uh, little bit ago, and she's divorced, and um, she's got a, a boyfriend, and so she was sharing with me that they're going to move in together, and so um, she, and she thought it was important to let me know, and, and I was like, okay, and so she was telling me, you know, that oh, you know, they want to get a house, they've got you both have kids, and they want to get a house, and and um, you know they want to get married, and I was like, okay, well, good. And so, you know, she said, well, but, you know, and then he said, well, you know, do you, do you want the house first or do you want to get married first? Right out of my mouth, she says, well, of course you want to get married. And, you know, and she keeps on her story. Well, she said the house. And I was like, the house? And it didn't even dawn on me. I mean, to me, you know, the natural progression is you get married, you have a family, things move on that way. And then I told her, I said, well, you know, and she, she you know, she kind of told me what was going on. And I said, you know what? It's, I said, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have a big house, but you won't have a home. Because there won't be no mom, and there won't be no dad. There'll be my mom's boyfriend, and there'll be my dad's girlfriend. You know, that's not what it is. And so I was sharing with her, you know, a little bit. And she, she looked at me, she said, you know, I never thought about that. That never, even, that never even crossed my mind. And I was like, wow, I couldn't imagine it not crossing your mind. So anyways, it was neat. Once again, the Lord just being able to share, uh, share the righteousness of God, the goodness of God. Um, our sin is always primarily against God. It's always mainly and first against God, but it affects others. David's sin, of course, when he noticed this, his sin was against God. But you know what? It said, he says, you know, against you and you have I sinned. But you know what? It was against him. But it was also against Uriah. It was also against Bathsheba. It was also against the nation. He was an example. He was their leader. He was their king. You know, and I think for myself, you know, I am, you know, I'm a worker. I'm a, you know, I I oversee. I'm a, you know, a a mom. I'm a, you know, a, a wife and a daughter. And things are entrusted to me. And how am I acting? What am I doing? How am I in every situation and in all ways, you know. But my sin is against God. But when I sin, it affects everybody else. You know, the evil that he had done. And so, um, you know, and, and in the end he says, you know, um, that he didn't want, you know, people to talk about him and, and uh, 
didn't want them to speak ill of God. And, you know, and they wanted him to be blameless when he judged. So David knew there was going to be a consequence. He knew that, he, that a sentence was going to have to be down. God was right. He was wrong. The sin deserved all that God had in the law. Everything that there was, he deserved it. Any sentence that God might pronounce would not be beyond what he deserved. You know, and, and, but what he was asking, what was he saying to him, you know, to, to you know, before, have mercy on me. But the sin, but the consequence was going to come. So when you judge and you, and you hand me down the sentence, you know, let it be kind. You know, Lord, be kind on me. And I think about that even for myself, you know, when I have to hand down a sentence, when something's been, somebody's done wrong to me, what do I do? Do I want to just off with the head? Let's just go off with the head. You know, that's always pretty much the easiest, right? Instead of, you know, gosh, let's be kind. You know, if your kid wants a muffin and he doesn't want to share the muffin, but he tells you he wants to share the muffin and he lies, he doesn't go to hell, okay? <laughs> we don't need, doesn't need to be condemned to hell. He just really needs an object lesson like, you know, first of all, though, I wonder why do we ask a kid if they want to share? That's like my husband asking my son, do you want to help me do the lawn? Never in all his years did he ever want to help do the lawn. Ever did he say, gosh, can I? This would be so great, you know? No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work with that way, ladies. So, you know, it's all in the way we approach it. It's the things that we ask, you know, but be gracious. Be gracious in your sentence. Be gracious when you judge. The way you want to be judged is the way we need to be judged. Is the way, I'm sorry, it's the way we need to judge others. So it's very, very uh, important that we don't just start handing down, you know, the hammer. God's the hammer. God's the hammer. You know, he's gracious. He's loving. He's kind. Great object lesson to learn. Um, sorry about that, ladies. It just went backwards. His crime against Uriah and his family was deep, and um, the offense was a violation of the law of God. The state of mind here illustrates what happens in a case of true repentance, though. He sees his sin against God. He knew that his sin was against God, and that's what he did. Every sin is mainly against God, just like I said. But you know what? You know, if you'd only remember maybe the words of Joseph. Remember when Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife? And what does he tell her? How can I do this great wickedness, says Joseph, when tempted by Potiphar's wife, and sin against God? The next time we're going to sin, you know, we need to remember that it truly is against God. Why am I going to do this? Why, why would I even dare to do what I'm going to do when, you know, if, if he's there in that for, forefront of your mind, if he's there, right there, present about you, if you're thinking about him constantly, that should be the first thought that maybe we're thinking. And it was so funny because the other night, um, John needed some chicken. And I just have to tell you this because it was so crazy. John needed some chicken. And it's like, well, I have chicken in the freezer. And he wanted boneless chicken. And so all of a sudden he's asking these questions and about, this, about chicken. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's chicken in the freezer. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's boneless. And, you know, and I, and I you know, when I, we were talking, and then I was like, oh, yeah, it's boneless. And, yeah, you can use it and add this and that. And all of a sudden I said, and he, and he said something, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm lying. 
I don't even know if the chicken is boneless. I think there's bones in the chicken, so you better check before because he wanted to grind it up for the dogs, you know? And I'm like, oh, my God, what if he grinds it up and the dogs, you know, choke on a bone or, you know? And so I'm like, I'm lying. He's like, oh, my God, Lorraine, relax. He's like, it was just chicken. But right away, it was like, it was just like that. I said, I'm lying. I'm lying. I don't even know. I'm making this stuff up as I go, you know? I mean... It wasn't intentional. I wasn't intentionally trying to deceive or lie to him, but that's what sin is. You know, that's that an unintentional sin. It's like, oh, my God, it just got me. There I went. I'm making up this story, and I'm like, okay, just stop already. You know, the Lord's good. That's the lessons we're learning, and that's what he's showing me. Don't make it up, Lorraine, as you go along. Don't try to fly by the seat of your pants. If you don't know, just say you don't know or get up and go look. That was the other option. So option B was get up and go look. Hebrews 1.3 says, he, um, Who being the brightness of his glory and expresses image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat at the right hand of majesty on high. This is where our Jesus sits. He's able to forgive us. He is able to forgive me as I sin because you know what? That's who, where he is. Psalm 139, 7, 12 says, you know, David, when he was, um, you know, thinking he could hide, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Um, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go, you know, make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. Um, he's everywhere. That's what we need to remember is God is everywhere and he sees everything. And that's what the other thing is kids, the kids know that. You know, I love when I can also say, you know, does, when you guys sin, you know, when you don't obey your sin, does God see you? Yes. What if you hide under your bed? He sees us. What if you go in the closet? He sees us. You know, they know. They know this. And that's kind of like that childlike mind we need to have. He sees us. He sees whatever we do. And in verses 5 and 6, it says that, um, he says, you know, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and the sin of my mother conceived me. Um, behold, you desire truth in my inward parts and in my, and in the hidden parts, you make me to know wisdom. Um, so once again, just another important lesson, an important verse is that David here is expressing the deep sense that he had, his depravity, the, just how bad he had really, what he had really done. And we need to realize that. We need to realize what it is we have really done. And even in me, like I said, that little, oh, the chicken, you know, it's got, doesn't have, you know, bones. It's like, what am I doing though? I'm just not being honest. And that's, you know, it's so important to, to, for me to be honest. And so, uh, you know, but we need to know, we need to know what it is, um, that we're doing. Um, the idea here is not to cast off, you know, the character of his mother about when she conceived him. Um, but really it was to ref- just for him to, to express that, you know what, from birth we sin. You know, I mean, we were born into sin. We come into the world sinning, and that's just the way it is. And he knew that. And so he had that deep sense that he knew um, what it is that, that, that had him in this place. David knew the truth of God's word, and he loved it. He wrote many of Psalms before. This is a man that just loved God, and he knew that. Um, and yet, look at what he had done. Um, Versus David uh, deliberately lied to himself. He lied to the people. He even tried lying to God. And David asks for truth and wisdom in his inner part. He wanted that truth deep inside. Deep inside is where he wanted. Verses 7 to 9, it talks about using uh, hyssop to purge him and he would be clean. 
to be washed so that he would be whiter than snow, um, to make him hear that joy and that gladness, that his bones, uh, that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities, you know. And so um, hyssop was, was kind of a bushy uh, branch type of a uh, bush, and you would take it and you could... Um, use it to, they would sprinkle it in cleansing. But if we remember in Exodus, for us, it's like a paintbrush almost, you know, that would kind of be the, if I had to give you a visual, what it looked like. But anyway, you dip it. And if we remember in Exodus, they used the hyssop to put the blood um, on the lentil of the doors when the Passover lamb was coming. So it had that whole kind of a cleansing um, take to it. Today, um, today we have our cleansing by the finished work of Jesus when he died on the cross for us. 1 John 5.10 and Hebrews 10.19.25. And so um, in Hebrews 10, it tells us, Therefore, brother, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us. Though the veil, through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider one another another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much of us that we see this day approaching. And that's really who our God is. We can go in. He finished that work. It, is his, it was his atoning blood for us that we can go. But we need to draw near with that true heart. We need to have that true heart to come near. He wanted to be made to hear that joy and that gladness again. He wanted that voice of forgiveness from the Lord. Lord, just let me know you've forgiven me. Let me know that you've pardoned my sin. You know, I've got the consequences coming, but let me know that that you've pardoned it. Um, David asks, you know, not only to be cleansed, uh, which is really important, but also to be restored. And that's just it. We need to be restored. We need to be renewed. And I remember a time when I first was in the ministry, and, uh, you know, I had kind of a funky little situation going on, and I had done something really silly, and, and all of a sudden, enemy wanted me to think that I was disqualified for service. I, wasn't, I shouldn't be teaching. I shouldn't be, you know, with the kids. I shouldn't be doing a lot of things. And it had me for a little bit. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I can't do that. I did that. I did that. I can't. There's no way I can teach. And so, you know, it kind of kept, once again, playing on me and playing on me. And that's what the enemy had me right where he wanted me, thinking I was unworthy, thinking that I was no good, and that I couldn't be used for the service of the Lord. But I really, I remember calling Karen, and I remember Karen gave me scripture, and Karen prayed for me, and Karen told me, you know, when when this situation comes again, you know, just don't do this like you did the last time totally changed my whole thought process. She, she was the one who told me, you know, that's exactly where the enemy has you. It's exactly where he wants you. Don't let him keep you there, Lorraine. You know, kind of ran me through what I needed to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, she said, and, and then let's keep going. You know, and I asked her if I should still do what I was supposed to. And she said, you know, if you're truly repentant, yes. Yeah. So, but it was, it was the encouragement. That's what I needed. That's what I needed to hear. I needed to go somewhere and hear that that's what I wanted. Because sometimes we think, oh, my gosh, I'm doing this, so I can't serve. 
because I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm sinning. You know, I've done this, I've lied, or I've stolen, or I've cheated, or whatever the, you know, whatever. I, so I can't, be, I can't be used. So far from the truth. David knew this, and he too wanted to be restored and renewed, and he wanted to be, still be continued to be used by the Lord. Verses 10 to 11, he wanted him to create in him a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit. Cast not away from me your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And as we sang the songs tonight, how many of songs have been written through these praises, through his psalms? And this one here, I mean, I know of several that, that use these words explicitly for praise songs. Now, this, you know, the, the, the psalm isn't so that David could write a praise song, not at all. But what comes out of it is so incredible. Um, In verse 10, David expresses the the heart of his concern. He knew that the heart was the source of his trouble. And that's just it, ladies. You know what? When we sin, truly it's what's in our heart. What's in our heart just comes to surface. When a certain situation or a funky circumstance happens, that's right away. That's when we see who we are, what we're made of, what comes out. When you're, you know, maybe things aren't going your way. Maybe everybody, everybody on the road is cutting you off. Maybe everybody is. What's in your heart? What are you doing? How are you acting? You know, uh, you know, are you cutting people off and you got the fish on the back? You know, so the people, you know, that's just it. You have to be so careful, you know. And that doesn't mean take the fish off either. It just means, be, you know, don't cut people off. But anyway, you know, that's just it. You know, who, who are we when those situations arise? Who are we when people want to say things? You know, do we say, oh, gosh, you got me totally wrong, and if you want to believe that, okay. Or do we right away, oh, my gosh, that's not me. No, you know, not like Lorraine with the, with the meeting. All right, already. But, um, you know, because that's where my heart was. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't where it needed to be. Um, we've heard, you know, it before that it's a heart issue, and it is a heart issue. And we need to get our heart right. Creating me a clean heart. Make something that wasn't there be there. Um, it's, you know, he, he recognized the divine power of God to be able to do that. And it could only be by God alone. Um, we're unable to change our hearts on our own, but we can't, but, um, God can do it. We can't, but he can, he can change our hearts and he can restore us back into servanthood, into relationships. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life, I have seen the Lord change my heart, literally change my heart. Um, I, you know, I've seen him restore relationships, you know, and, and I've seen him, uh, do great things in my life, but that's because of wanting to have that clean heart. I, Cause I wanted to be, have this creation of this clean heart. And I remember once my, when my kids were little, we were coming to church, we were new at church and, um, my mom was sick and I needed to go somewhere. So I asked her if she would watch them. And that's just, once again, how bad I was. She's sick and I'm having her watch my kids. But, um, thank goodness my kids aren't total brats, but, um, so, you know, they went over there and they saw she wasn't feeling good. And so Travis says, he said, well, tells Jill, well, let's play doctor and we'll just give grandma a new heart. So let's just operate her on give and give her a new heart. And, um, that, that just meant so much to me when I was doing this study. But I remember how much it impacted my mom at the time and how she couldn't wait to tell me what they had done. And, and he remembers something that he was taught in class. And he was going to give her this new heart. And she was going to have joyful. And she wasn't going to be hurting no more. And she wasn't going to be sick. And it was just, you know, it was very encouraging. And 
you know, I'd say, I, I would say within about six months to a year, my mom started coming to church. And my mom used to come and sit here uh, with us at church, you know. So it's neat. It's neat to see how God will use just the, just the things of the, the innocence of our children and the things that he does, the desire to have that clean heart. And so tonight, um, you know, as we pray to God and as we seek the Lord, um, you know, uh, just about who he is, his tender mercies, and, and who it is that we're going before, and who it is that, that we're seeking after. We want him just to restore, uh, like in verses 12 and 13, restore to me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with your righteous, generous spirit. Teach me trans, teach transgressors, because David wanted to be able to teach transgressors his way, and he wanted to convert sinners. He wanted to bring them back to the Lord which is something we should all want to do, too. But I, but I thought about it. I'm going to use my little, uh, it wouldn't be a study without a Keebler disciple. So we got my little Keebler disciple here to help us. And for those of you who don't know him, um, I generally bring them out at the beginning, and, but I had to bring him out at the end. But this is the God who we're praying to. When he said to restore him to his salvation and to hold him up with his generous uh, spirit, David knew who he was calling upon. And these are just some of the attributes of God. Those are just some of the things, that some of the, the attributes that, that we can go to God about. He's good, he's gracious, he's great, he's holy, he is all of these things and more than on this world. And just as an object too, this is who we are, just compare to who he is and what he is. He helps us. He's slow to anger. He is awesome. He's tender. He's the Messiah. He's our shield. There's just so many things. And as we go to him, this is who we are. And do we know that? Do we know that that's who it is that we're seeking after? David did. David knew that. That's why he could ask him, restore unto me my salvation. Bring this to me. You know, sustain me. Keep me from falling, Lord. And he knew that he can. I want to teach others that. I want to do that, too. Um... There's, you know, there's so much, uh, you know, uh, that we need to know. There's so many things that we do need to know. And towards the end of our study in verses 14 to 17, uh, David asks to be delivered from the guilt, from the blood. Um, he calls him God of my salvation. He says, you know, um, that he wanted to sing praises to God. He said, Lord, open my mouth. He said, you know, um, I know that you don't delight in burnt offerings. I know that you don't uh, want sacrifices. The sacrifice of God or broke, what you want is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's the sacrifice that he wants. He wants us to come with him with a broken heart. To be sorry for what we've done. That's really what he wants. He doesn't want us to sacrifice. He doesn't want us to do penance. He doesn't want us to beat ourselves up. He wants us to come with a broken heart. To be sorry for what we've done. And to be obedient. That's what the Lord wants. That's all he wants from us. Come to him. But ladies, that's just it. We need to go to the Lord. You know, he, David wanted him to take away his guilt and to be forgiven for what he had done. Um, the same with us. We, that's what we should want. Lord, take that guilt from me. Take those things that, are, that I'm holding and, and, and give me that new heart. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And we know when we're walking right and things are good and nobody's irritating us and people aren't cutting us off on the road and all of those neat things... Life is good, isn't it? And we do. I mean, we joy. But when we've done something 
grievous, when we've sinned. You know, it's hard to be joyful. It really, really, truly is. But if we know who our Lord is and we go to him, we give it to him, we cast those cares, and we don't pick them back up, the Lord will do that for us. Jesus is our Redeemer. He was made our perfect sacrifice. We can truly come to him because he is able and just to forgive us because he can forgive us. And in the very end, verses 18 and 19, um, David says, you know, uh, do good in the good pleasures in Zion. So the, uh, build the walls of Jerusalem that he would be pleased, um, with offerings. And once again, David just kind of turns to Zion, the city of God and to the people of God. His thoughts naturally turned, um, you know, outward. And even though he was, you know, grieved himself and even though he knew what he had done, he still was looking for those around him as well. And I, and that would, that's important to me because I have to always remember, it's just not about me. Even though I always want it to be always about me, it's not always about me. And the things I do affect other people. Sometimes, you know, when we sin, we feel like we're unworthy. We feel like we're not able to, to be of service to God, but we can't let that stop us from coming to receive God's forgiveness and reconciliation back to him. He's waiting and longing for us to come to him when we confess our sins. It's only by confessing our sins to God that he can truly cleanse us, create in us that new heart. First step is towards God. We got to go we have to go reach towards him. We need to confess and then we need to not be ashamed for what we've done. But we do need to ask for forgiveness, and we do need to repent, and we do need to move forward. We need to not go back to that. You know, once again, as a, you know, as a loving parent, you know, sometimes our kids do things wrong, and we, still, we love them. We love them to death. Jesus loves us far more than we even can even imagine. And we love our children so much, and his love for us is so much greater than that. If you're struggling with coming to the Lord to receive his forgiveness— You know what? You need to remember that he loves you. He loves you. You just need to come. Um, He's ready to heal. He's ready to restore. He's ready to give you that clean heart and let you be of service. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much just for how much you love us, Father, for allowing us to be able to come to you, to ask for mercy, Lord, when we've done things that just don't please you, Father, when we've missed that mark, Lord, which is often. Lord, please, we ask that you would just uh, have your hand upon us, guide us, protect us. Father, continue to teach us. Lord, as we have just all sinned and fall short of your glory, Lord, we pray that you would just continue to restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Help us to be joyful and to sing praises and to be glad, Lord, that we have a God that loves us and who will forgive us and will allow us to be used even in the smallest of ways. Let our actions be worthy of your holiness and your goodness. Let our thoughts be on you continually. And Father, we just uh, pray that uh, we would just be a pleasant sight for all we come in contact with. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we lift this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.